Welcome to the Voices of Marketing Podcast. And now your host, John Shea. Hey, everyone. Uh, today on the show, I've got Laura Roeder. Uh, Laura's actually been in the game of sort of online internet marketing for quite some time now, and um, she's on the show today to talk about her, her new software called Edgar. It's a social media tool. So welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited that uh, you know your assistant reached out to me. It really hasn't been happening all that much lately for me, so <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, really? You know, like a pretty big name guest to come on the show, so... Uh, that's really cool. Uh, do you kind of want to talk, you know, share for anyone that uh, doesn't know who you are? You know, I happen to, you know, I had heard of you from Derek Halpern, like we talked, but um, anyone that's listening uh, has never heard of you, you know, how, how did you kind of get started in um, this sort of world of internet marketing and everything to do with it? Yeah, so when I first started working for myself, uh, which was in 2007, um, I was a freelance web and print designer, and so I was making websites for local businesses, and a social media became a big thing that moved into social media consulting, because I would help them in their online marketing, and in 2009, I quit doing web design and started my company, all focused around social media. That became a social media training company, um, online programs, training small businesses, how to do social media marketing, and then... In 2014, we moved to yet another business model. We launched the social media automation software, edgarmeetedgar.com. Uh, so, and I'm still doing the training. We're kind of figuring out how everything is, is going to shake out now. But So I've been in the social media world, but kind of through every different business model, from consulting to training to software. Awesome. So, I mean, you really, I, I know just from kind of like reading your story, you, you it sounded like you struggled quite a bit to get going, but then once you found your niche, you really, you got things moving and it just sort of snowballed from there. Yeah, I've experimented with, you know, a lot of, a lot of different business models. Um, but yeah, once, once I found kind of the more leveraged online world, uh, I loved it and it was, it was full steam ahead. Awesome. So I guess, do you want to tell us about Edgar? I know that that's like kind of your latest and greatest, um, you know, like I know it's a it's a paid platform that people you know pay monthly. You know what are the big differences between Edgar and say like you know me just going with a, a free tool like Hootsuite? You know where does Edgar really stand out? Yeah, so the big difference between Edgar and tools like uh, Buffer or Hootsuite is that Edgar is focused on driving more traffic to your site by recycling your content automatically. So what Edgar does is you create categories in your content library. Mm -hmm. um, of your old blog posts or inspirational quotes or promotions to your podcast or your book or whatever. You fill up those categories. Edgar saves it in your library. And then according to your schedule, Edgar automatically fills up your social accounts. So with the other tools, you always have to keep adding new content for the rest of time. You know, they make it a little easier to dole it out for you, but you're always going to have to add in new things. Uh, with Edgar, you don't. With Edgar, you just build your library and then you cycle through it. So for things like sending traffic to old blog posts, I know that's a big challenge for mm -hmm. a lot of people who are doing a lot of content marketing. You have to remember to put in your old posts. You have to remember to mix in the right amount of promotion. Edgar just does that all totally automatically for you. Wow. Yeah, I could definitely, um, I'm actually hitting, I'm almost at 200 blog posts on Voices of Marketing. 
Um, in fact, I just published one like literally uh, two minutes ago. And uh, it's funny because I would imagine that, you know, just at this point going on, like people are never going to find my old content unless I decide to manually go look and right. link and share it manually. And I'm not even, to be honest, I'm not even using like Hootsuite. I just, social media has been one of those kind of weak points for me. So it does sound very intriguing to be able to kind of automate some of that. Yeah, yeah, it's such a big problem. People build up these amazing content libraries over the years, and then they just sit there with, with no one seeing them. I mean, something we found when we started using Edgar internally, you know, for our company, um, most people will see that their newest blog post is usually the most trafficked for obvious reasons. Um, mm -hmm. but when we started using Edgar, we actually found that our highest traffic on any given day was not to our newest post, actually, but was often to a post that Edgar had sent out automatically because sometimes that post would happen to get retweeted by, you know, someone with a big audience or get a lot of shares on Facebook or, or whatever. So it just showed, like, wow, we're driving all this traffic to something that we used to not even be linking to at all. Right, right. Yeah, and as people get more wide known, I mean, you're, I'm sure your fan base on Facebook is – you know, going to be double. You could be doubled in a year's time versus what it was when you wrote a blog post a year ago. Exactly. Exactly. You're always bringing in. That's the idea of, of social. You're bringing in new people every single day. So now, does the tool like? I mean, does it kind of like look at a catalog of your site, like your RSS feed, or how, how is it really like pulling this data and categorizing it? So right now, you just add it, add it all in. Um, in the future, we'll probably add more automation for yeah, pulling from RSS and stuff like that. Um, the easiest way to add stuff in is just copy and paste though, because you already have you already have all this stuff created. You know, a lot of our yep. users just look through their Twitter account and copy and paste. Or I like to use the little social sharing buttons on your site. Just go through a blog post, you know, hit the Twitter button, and you have the whole tweet ready to go. Copy and paste it in. Right, right. Oh, yeah. It definitely sounds really good. I mean, so what are some of the other features that it has? I'm assuming this isn't the only like. I mean, is I know this is like the core of it, but. Are there any other like particular features or things that this particular you know the tool does? So that's that's our big focus. We also are just you know we have all your kind of uh, best practice social sharing features. So we share to all the different major social networks. You know you can add images embedded to your posts. You can also schedule things for one-off times if you don't want to just use the automation. Obviously with social you'll be wanting to add in new things and add in live things as well. Uh, but we are really very focused on being the best tool for automating your content. So we probably won't ever add in things like, you know, you can do customer support tickets based on replies, or you can some of the, you know, there's tools out there for like finding influencers on Twitter. Um, sure. That's really not our focus. I'm really more of the philosophy of, of be the best at, at one thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I did want to ask, and I know just because this is like sort of the world I'm in right now, it's kind of funny. Is um, I I've been basically focusing on an e-commerce site myself, and um, the biggest place I knew I could go to really kind of gauge that traffic for products, like it's mostly um, products for men and women. So I've been on Pinterest. Um, mm -hmm. I've built the fan base up to about three thousand, um, you know, and I get lots of repins, but there's no real like there's not really a lot of automation out there, and I think most of the tools that I have found are very like sort of underground. Like mm. it's, not, it's not like something Pinterest wants you doing. Yeah. Um, I kind of have to wonder, like, I mean, I guess there really isn't a lot of, I, I, like with Twitter and Facebook, there's all kinds of API integration where they're allowing you to manage, the, you know, these social media tools without any issues. But I have to wonder, like, 
do you foresee, I mean, if Pinterest changes in the future, do you see this tool kind of moving into, you know, other, you know, other tools beyond like Facebook and Twitter? So Pinterest, it does allow third-party tools, which some platforms don't, like Instagram and Tumblr don't yeah. allow third-party tools to post. Um, I think the reason you don't see more tools for Pinterest and Edgar doesn't cover Pinterest is that Pinterest is very specific and extremely different from other tools. Mm. So the way you post to Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Google+, Plus, um, they all have the same sort of paradigm for their platform, like you're posting messages and people are responding mm -hmm. and people aren't looking through the backlog of messages. So, you know, for a tool like Edgar, where you're posting frequently, part of the reason you want to do that is because no one is looking at your Twitter feed past what they see when they've signed on. Now, Pinterest is a little weird because when I look at Pinterest, I'm looking at boards. So yeah. if I was looking at a board and it had the same picture, every fourth picture, I would stop looking at that board, right. <laughs> you know, because I want to look at the variety. Where on Twitter, you're not looking at it that way. If you look through someone's account and you saw the same tweet five down, it, it actually wouldn't matter because that's not how you look at Twitter. You look at your own home feed. And same with Facebook and, and same with, you know, LinkedIn, Google+. Uh, so it's just like if you're making a Pinterest tool, you really need to make it really specific for Pinterest. Mm. And for Edgar, I don't know if we'll add Pinterest. We have had, we definitely have had some requests from some of our users, but I don't know if Pinterest is really fits within the nature. I don't know how much people want to repeat on Pinterest. Um, although some of our customers have told us that they do. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, some of the stuff that I've just shared like happens to go viral and it kind of happens without you really knowing. Mm. Like I, I literally, I, I think I'm in a ton of group boards and I shared like a quote and it just it went absolutely viral, like 500 repins. Mm. And, you know, I posted probably a good another 50 plus quotes and none of them had that sort of response. So mm. it's, it's really um, interesting. Like maybe if I did go and repin one of those other 50 and it just got picked up the same way, then that repin could potentially, you know, especially if it was, you know, I could be in three different boards about quotes easily, like group boards that are massive, um, that just have completely different audiences. So that repin feature to other boards could be useful. I don't know. I'm yeah, just, yeah. So yeah, that's a great example and a great example of something that's really specific to mm. Pinterest. You know, group boards and repins, like you you can't just sort of add that to the normal framework of a normal like the other channels. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just it doesn't really make sense. It's just sort of a different a different process, you know, which is why all the tools that I've seen for Pinterest are specifically for Pinterest. Sure, sure. Yeah, I figured I'd ask about it just because I know like people obviously want, you know, it's hard enough as it is to manage like one of the sites as it, you know, Yeah. I'm like, you know, I just built a Google Plus page and now it's like you're in a whole new world basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what marketing tools come out for Pinterest in the future. Cool. So um, anything else particularly you wanted to ask about or I know um, obviously we haven't talked about like pricing, like what this would really cost if someone was interested in this that's listening. Yeah, our, our plans start at $49 a month. Um, so we're about the same as Buffer's business plans. We're obviously more expensive. We're obviously more expensive than the free plans on, yeah, uh, <laughs> on Hootsuite or Buffer. Um, but we're, we're a business tool. You know, we're not a tool for using social for fun. Um, and we're a huge time-saving tool. You know, we, the, another big difference with Edgar is, like, we just, we do the social grunt work for you. And a lot of our customers actually... We're not so good for VAs because a lot of people have social media VAs that like load things into Edgar, 
but then they right. don't really need the VA anymore <laughs> because once you load it up, like Edgar just sends it out for you. <laughs> so, right, right. It's kind of like eliminating. I know there's a big, um, I sort of had my first like exposure to outsourcing and um, hiring like my first real virtual assistant, I guess you could say this past year. And I know you can, you could find someone easily for a few bucks an hour to manage social media accounts, but it almost sounds like it's not really, I mean, if you can, spend a you know an hour like loading it up it doesn't sound like there's going to be much work beyond that exactly exactly you know and you can always add to your library and, and grow it over time um but we save businesses a lot of time i mean at our company it's night and day how much we were spending on social because we were using automation tools but it was still a lot of work if you market on social really heavily you know that all the content you need creating all that content and getting the right mix of scheduling it because you can't just blindly feed it into the tool. You have to move everything around and make sure you have the right mix every day. Mm -hmm. um, so we used to spend hours and hours on it every week, and now we can just spend our time engaging on the social media accounts, which is which is great, which is a really valuable use of your time on social. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I did want to ask, I know it's kind of like a whole other sort of realm a little bit, but um, in terms of like the development of this, I mean, I know like I'm, a, I'm not, um, you know, I'm just kind of guessing you probably didn't like code the software yourself. Um, I did not. I'm not a Ruby on Rails developer. Yeah. So what was that kind of process like to, you know, I know a lot of people have been in the world of Internet marketing, the, the software, uh, you know, creating software from scratch. Like obviously you sort of found like a pain point in, in the market and decided, OK, I'm going to create something that solves this. And that's what exactly what you've done. So like how did you kind of go about that whole process? Yeah, so software is a, a whole other business model from selling, you know, info products or selling consulting or training. And a, I've seen a lot of people, it's definitely very common that people want to make the transition into software. And a lot of people make the mistake of being like, okay, I have a good idea, so now I can just cheaply outsource the actual building of it. Um, and I'm going to say that goes wrong like 100% of the time <laughs> that I've seen um, friends and others go through because the building of it is is the product, you know? It's kind of like saying like, oh, I have this idea for like a cool dress that I could put together, so I'll just hire anyone to just sew it for me. You know, the idea is really cool. Like, well, the sewing of the garment is the garment. If you don't know how to sew, like, it's not, it's yeah, not going to work yeah. out. It's not going to look good. It's not going to fit right. You know, so you can't just be like, oh, I'll just hire this firm in India and they'll just handle building the software for me. Um, there's just there's just so many horror stories and so many people spend so much money going down that route only to have to redo it. You need someone who is technical overseeing it. So you can outsource software development as long as you have an expert in charge who knows how to develop software. Right. So they can look in on the work and improve it. In my case, my husband is a Ruby on Rails developer. So that uh -huh. made it to me and luckily he was he was into the project and you know willing willing to spend his time on it um so he built the first version of edgar um we've now expanded our development team and he's kind of more overseeing we have other full-time developers um but yeah i really relied really heavily on his expertise not only to build it but to help me understand how to build software, um, you know, the, the big thing is always focusing on the minimum viable product, like what do you, 
what what's the core idea? What's the least you need to launch with so you can just get launched and out in the world? Um, that's been such a big thing for us. You know, we went from the idea to having it launched within six months. That's that's really fast. And yeah, that's really fast. Wow. That was that was only possible because we were very very focused on like what is that core feature that makes Edgar really unique and how do we make sure that feature is great but it doesn't need everything everything in the world else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, obviously you have a great connection, you know, it's basically your significant other is probably uh, better than anyone I would imagine if he knows what he's doing in that kind of world. Mm. And then he's probably, I'm assuming, has a whole network of people that he can work with that know how to help, you know, assist him in what he's doing. Yeah, so if if you're not if you're not married to someone who's a software <laughs> expert, <laughs> um it's just really important that you partner with someone who is, whether you know they're a co-founder or whether you're paying them to kind of oversee the process. But if you are not technical, if you don't know how to code, going to be able to oversee code well. You need to either hire, like, pay more and hire someone who's an expert, or hire that person to oversee if you're having like a lower cost team. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I've kind of, I know a blogger I follow just kind of announced on his blog that. Um, you know, he, he basically was joining up with a software company and was sort of open inviting people to join um, if they were interested in getting their ideas off the ground. And that's kind of cool. Like I've always I, I've seen um, a fellow I interviewed last year. I saw him basically go from like launching kind of a minuscule product. You know, it was very minor, like mostly just coaching. It wasn't like an actual like software product. And then he launched this uh, product that actually goes out and. I won't dive into this too much. I just thought it was really interesting. Was it actually scrapes Craigslist really quickly? Like you can search any state on Craigslist, and then you can also in another part of the software search on Fiverr. I mean, everyone mm. knows what Fiverr is, so you could find someone on Craigslist who wants a logo for fifty dollars, and then go on Fiverr in the same software tool and find logo designers for five bucks. <laughs> so it was like a big arbitrage system, and I tried it, and I actually found someone who needed help. Um, it was random, like selling a website um, in a local business niche. And I worked with him and I made a few hundred dollars, like helping him with the sale. Uh. I only found him because I was able to quickly search Craigslist. And it just sort of opened my mind to the idea, like he didn't actually design the software. He just had that idea that he could basically create something that does this and then market it. And I think he made well over a hundred thousand do you know, mm -hmm. selling that, um, you know, not, I don't even think it was that much money. It was like a $30 tool. Mm. Uh, so it's just really interesting to me, like seeing what someone could do without, you know, he simply just outsourced that work and then marketed it. Yeah. Like I said, you just have to be really, you have to be really strategic with the outsourcing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did want to ask too, I know, um, like we talked a little bit before we started, I went to your, um, your site. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called creating fame. I have the link up here and, you know, obviously I read through your story, um, kind of this, it really was kind of a sum up of your whole story here. Um, I did want to ask, like, you know, what was it like, you know, obviously you started out and you kind of had some failures at first, you know, you're going to these networking events and um, eventually you, you mentioned that you met uh, Marie Forleo at one of these events and then you, you took this large plunge to like jump in on this private training. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I thought that'd be really interesting to uh, kind of share with the audience. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so Marie Forleo is my 
my former business partner, and we created B-School together. So people, if you're familiar with Marie, you're familiar with the B-School program, or go to marieforleo.com and check it out. Um, So, But it was kind of an interesting journey from how we created that big program together because I first hired her as my coach. And, you know, the story that, that John's referring to, my very first year in my new business, I had decided to quit doing web design and I wanted to do something in social media. I started out in consulting, didn't, you know, know exactly what shape it would take. And she had already been doing very well in, like, the info product, online marketing world. Uh, she's just a, like, brilliant marketer, brilliant copywriter. And I met her and she was offering this coaching program for $15,000 a year which I was, yeah, I was just getting started. You know, I had, I had made 60,000 the year before. So I was making, I was making money in my business, but I had just killed that business (laughs) to start something new. And, you know, 15 out of 60 is still a very, very high percentage. Uh, So that was such a huge leap for me, but we ended up coaching together. We ended up coming, becoming friends. And then we ended up becoming business partners and launching this thing that is now, um, a multi-multi-million dollar business, worldwide phenomenon, super, super crazy success. Um, and that all, you know, indirectly came out of me being like, I just, I just want to, like, I want to want to learn from this person. I want to see what she has to teach me. And that, that turned out to be a very good decision. Yeah. So, I mean, like what, you know, what was it like just like kind of going through this, like the, the process of like you thinking like, you know, cause I guess for me, like I'm, I'll be totally honest. I'm really gullible when it comes to people selling stuff. Like, you know, I know the common, like when you're on an email list, you know, you get pitched something like when someone's going to try to sell something, they're pretty hard on the webinars. I mean, uh, I know Derek just did his new yes engine. So he's been like heavy hitting on his email list. Uh, and I like, you know, I'll feel persuaded almost like, man, like maybe I want to buy this. And like, I, I've been doing this, like I'll admit I've spent thousands on courses and I've learned tons, you know, from all mm-hmm. these different people and, trying to figure out what I want to do, but I've never even thought like, you know, I could probably talk to all my friends and convince everyone that it'd be okay spending 15,000, but I don't know if I could actually go through with it. <laughs> you know, like what yeah, was that I mean, like, kind of like, you know? So, you know, when I've given people advice on like how to spend in their business, I, I think the best advice is that you need to be really strategic in figuring out what's the active problem that you have and and is this going to solve it you know it's so easy to spend a lot of money and waste a lot of money on a lot of training programs that you know they sort of convince you that whatever their angle is is the next big thing is the solution where I would say you need to be more strategic like if you're looking at Derek's yes engines course that's of course all about sales right Sure. So you want you want to buy that course if sales is specifically what you have struggled with. You know, if you're looking in your business and you're like, okay, I have traffic, I'm pretty good at marketing, like I have this product that I know people like, but I haven't been able to sell as many of them as I think I should be able to. This is the area that I need help with. Derek has proven that he's great at sales. I'm gonna get his advice. Um, and I've you know I've definitely spent money on on all sorts of different courses. Um, but I'm always very strategic about like, is this, is this the help that I need right now? So it's the same with high price coaching, you know, the trap people fall into with high price coaching and consulting is thinking that it's going to be the transformation that it's going to be the magic bullet, you know, that's standing near this person 
their magic is going to rub off on you, you know, and your career will be exactly like theirs. Um, but of course, it takes a lot of, of hard work to accomplish anything. Um, so I think when choosing that person, it's really about, for Marie, for me, like, I saw that she had achieved exactly what I wanted to, and not only that, but she had a lifestyle that was the kind of lifestyle that I aspired to, too. She wasn't burnt out. She wasn't overworked, you know, great relationship with her partner, not like, <laughs> I hate my spouse, and I just work all night, so I never have to see them. You know, there's some people that might be very good at business, but their personal life is kind of a mess, right? They really sacrifice their personal life so they can do great at business. I didn't want to model someone like that. That's not who I wanted giving me advice, you know? I mean, you can take, you can certainly take specific concepts and learn from them. I'm, I'm sure I've learned a lot from people <laughs> with a lot of problems in various areas in their yeah. life. I'm not expecting us all to be perfect. But when you're really coaching with someone, it's a really intimate relationship. So you want to be very careful what you're, I think, what you're taking in and, and what you're modeling. And it can be a really good motivator to make the money. I mean, for me, I just decided, like, if I'm going to spend 15 grand, like, I better well make 15 grand extra in my business, and I'm, I'm going to make that my big motivator. Um, and I did. I went from making about 60K the year before to breaking six figures that first year that I wow. worked in Marie. So, so it did end up paying off, and I was, I was very, very motivated for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would imagine, like, your mindset just really had to be really in it to to like you're just in this total mindset like i'm going to succeed like no matter what definitely and and you know being really willing to try out new things too that's another thing that happens a lot is people will work with some sort of coach or advisor and we're working with them right because we want them to see beyond kind of what we've been able to see for ourselves but it's so easy to do the like no but that won't work for me no but like my situation or my customers aren't like this or this or that and you have to really be honest with yourself am i am i taking on board their advice am i really open to the new ideas that they're giving me and am i willing to act on them sure sure yeah i think um like something you mentioned when just reading through your posts and uh, you know i've seen it a lot I, I saw someone who was sort of like they were succeeding in the network marketing industry but i had a sort of a small short private um, Skype conversation with this guy and he was in the network marketing industry. So it's more like, you know, you're recruiting people and he's making mm -hmm. money that way. It's a little different from a lot of like the Derek's or the Marie's out there. But um, it was interesting cause he like literally just raised the ranks in this one company and just literally was toppling the leaderboards. And when I had spoken to him, he mentioned that uh, he had all the same coaching and coursing uh, information. You know, he paid the same money to get into this program as this other guy. And the other guy was not succeeding, but he was. And the main difference was that he was basically really into the mindset and the other guy was completely ignoring all the mindset stuff that was being taught mm -hmm. in the course. Mm -hmm. He was just following the tactics and the methods. And he was kind of like thinking, oh, it's BS, all the mindset stuff. And I just hear that all the time. And a lot of these really big guys have the mindset. So, I mean, you know, I know it's even a struggle for me. You know, people all around you, everywhere you go, they're negative people. Um, especially as you start to succeed, I've, I've dealt with it myself. Um, so that's something I thought was interesting. I mean, it, is there any like information or things that you could sort of shed light on that? I mean, you're obviously, if you're hanging out with people like Marie Forleo, she's really positive. I imagine, you know, just very uplifting, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree that, that your mindset is incredibly important. Um, I don't, 
have the issue of being around a lot of negative people because it's not really like the people that I that I choose to be my friends. You can't choose your family. Luckily, I have a pretty good family. You have to put off yeah, a certain yeah. amount from your family. <laughs> uh, but your friends, you can choose. You can certainly choose who you spend most of most of your day talking to. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely drawn to people that are positive, that are doing interesting things with their lives. You know, they're transparent and like to talk about it. Um, but I do think that mindset is incredibly important. You have to, you have to believe that something is possible for you. I mean, so you sort of reference my creating fame program because that's where these, that where I was sharing these blog sure. posts of my story and creating fame. So it's, it's an online marketing program about how to position yourself as a, as a go-to person in your field. Um, but creating fame is hugely, hugely about mindset because a big thing I teach in creating fame is just to make your own opportunities, to reach out for opportunities. And most people won't do that because of their own mental blocks. Most people won't pitch themselves for the interview or the speaking gig or, you know, ask for what they need, ask for the help because they just think that's not for me. That's out of my league. Um, but no one, you know, <laughs> no one decides yeah, the league you're in, but you. <laughs> it is really funny because I've had, I've had an unreal amount of people approach me and be like, how did you get this guest on your show? And like, most people just don't really, you know, it's so easy. I mean, no, I really just kind of, you know, and beyond that, it's there's not much to it. There's not much to it. Yeah, you ask. You know, most people most people are scared to ask, but that's kind of funny, right? Because what's the worst thing that happens when you ask someone to be a, pod, a guest on your podcast? I mean, they say they say no is the absolute worst thing that can happen. So you're gonna have to read an email where someone has said no to you. I mean, right. <laughs> you can't handle that. You can't handle much in this life. You know, that's really not that bad. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. kind of what, like, that's kind of what like, people are always just so amazed. Oh, how did you get all these guests? You know, and um, I said, well, all they did was ask, you know, it's really that simple. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple. Yes. I'm big on, on the power of asking. It accomplishes amazing things. Awesome. Awesome. So I know, um, you were, you know, you were saying you wanted about a half hour, about that marker. So, so um, I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to share or talk, with, you know, in regards to Edgar or anything else that you get going with your uh, websites. Oh, I think we covered a lot of ground. You know, meetedgar.com, creatingfame.com, lkrsocialmedia.com. Those are my sites. So yeah, check them out if you're interested. Cool. Thanks so much, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to. Join me on the show. Thank you. Yep.